Sorry, that's all. It's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, we love swearing. <laughs> Hello, hustlers. Welcome to that Freelance Life podcast, the show where we discuss the how-tos, the ins and outs, and the highs and lows of creative freelance life in London. I'm Brittany Beebe. And I'm Harris Stockwell. And we're creative freelancers here to guide you. Please note, we do recommend you try this at home. Welcome back, guys, to that Freelance Life podcast. And it's actually the last episode of the season. What we like to do at the end of each season is we're actually going to have a freelancer on the show to chat to you what their journey, how they've gone through it, what they do, how they go about it. And it's just kind of really nice to get somebody who has gone through this, been doing it for a while and just understand from their side how it's been and also to promote them because there's so many great people out there that do amazing work and, you know, let's get to know them. And I think the other thing is that everyone makes freelancing work for them in a different way. There's so many different ways to make it work for you. That's the beauty of freelancing. Exactly. People like Harriet and I, we work nine to five generally for a contracted period, a set amount of time. Other people are taking on, you know, day-to-day projects. Some people will charge and work off-site. Harriet and I generally work on-site. There's other people that create, you know, amazing lines of products and sell those online. And there's no right or wrong way to freelance. And really, it's about the community and it's about being in control. So we want to know about different people's stories and their journeys to sort of making freelance life work for them. And we are so excited to have on the show today and to wrap up season one, an international boss lady, Arnel Voker. Yes, she is an illustrator and graphic designer, pattern maker, and a plant mom living in London. She's originally actually from SA, and she hit that freelance life about four years ago. She started freelancing at Saatchi and Saatchi Cape Town, actually where I had met her first. And she's since worked for the likes of Ogilvy and Mather, Masters and Savant, which is in Johannesburg, South Africa, Mullen Lowe, which is in Dubai, and The One Campaign here in London. Damn, girl. She manages her time between running her online shop of beautifully designed stationery in her really unique illustration style and working a couple of days a week in-house for The One Campaign. Generally, in her illustrations, her subject matter is a mix of nature and the diverse and beautiful forms of the female. And she's now venturing into interiors by designing patterns for wallpaper and fabrics. This is one extremely talented woman that you want to know because it won't be long till you see her work lighting up spaces around you or perhaps sitting on your denim jacket with her Stronger Together enamel pins. So without further ado, Arnel Voker. Thank you so much, Arnel, for coming to join us on that Freelance Life podcast. It's so good to have you here. Oh, thank you, guys. It's really good to be here. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think we're just going to start off by chatting about your journey, um, you know, what brought you to freelance, um, and just, you know, dissect it from there. That sounds good. Amazing. Um, so, first of all, what's your full name? Say your surname for us, please. <laughs> Right, so my name is Arnel Voker. And what do you do for a living? I'm a freelance illustrator and graphic designer Amazing. slash boss lady. Yes. yes girl. <laughs> That's what we love to hear. We love boss ladies. Um, so did you always know that you wanted to be an illustrator? Um, no, absolutely not. I think when I was little, I was always just kind of I think I'd been like planning to be like either a teacher or a doctor 
and at the time like my mum worked in a lab and um yeah she was a chemical analyst and she would often like come home with um syringes and needles oh my gosh and that probably goes against like many many health and safety regulations (laughs) so I would like often play doctor doctor with my toys and inject them with water and they would go like a little bit stinky because they wouldn't dry out properly but I do kind of distinctly remember like being a kid and I would be drawing all the time I'd be painting or drawing and it'd be like ninja turtles mermaids my little pony and there was there were like a few times when I'd go to the neighbors and try and sell my drawings to them for like spare change so I could oh, buy chocolate also economical <laughs> entrepreneurial <laughs> yeah yeah so that kind of entrepreneurial streak kind of um started off at a young age um yes but I mean I think I never intentionally set out to be an illustrator. I think like when you, and I think, and and to that point, when I was growing up, I think we didn't actually realize at the time that like being an illustrator could possibly be like something you could pursue. A job, like a full-time job. Exactly. So to answer your question, no, (laughs) no idea. You just fell into (laughs) drawing my little ponies. (laughs) Did you study art in high school or anything like that? So did you do it as a subject? I took art in school. um, But yeah, like it was like quite a weird way around getting to like where I am today because I didn't actually start off studying art either when I started studying. Really? Oh, Oh maybe that's actually good to the next question. It's actually like, so what was your journey to get to them being an illustrator when I finished high school the whole plan for me I really wanted to be um a surgeon so I know like wow yeah that was way left field so I started and like I didn't get in because my marks weren't good enough so I instead I decided I'd like go down the route of doing occupational therapy alongside all the physiotherapists and we do like you know BSc and anatomy like with the first year med students um and when I was there I was like oh my gosh anatomy is amazing this is so fascinating and the longer I was doing that I realized that I it just wasn't a good fit and I wasn't in the right place and then after that I was like okay so like I did a I did like a year and then ended up like changing course and I ended up studying like information design at the University of Pretoria in South Africa and like I think um I was I did that for four years and after graduation I ended up moving to Johannesburg where I I started working at a company called Masters and Savant. They do... I know them. Yes. yes. Very nice agency. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, and I was there for like two and a half years. So like it was a question of doing like a lot of broadcast design, motion graphics, working like really closely with the animation team. And I learned so much in those few years. But I remember there was like... I had a discussion with my boss at the time and I was like, I really want to do more illustration projects. We had this conversation where he he basically said, well, and I'll like, I don't really see you as an illustrator. And I was like, okay. And like looking back now, I was obviously really frustrated, but like I also didn't have the body of work to go along with it to prove him wrong. Yes. So that was like a really pivotal point in my career because I was like oh gosh okay so I need to kind of get my head around this and like start doing more of my own stuff um and within like 
a few months I had applied to like various illustration agencies and I took like this big leap of faith and moved all the way to Cape Town. Best decision ever. <laughs> In that time, were you busy like drawing? Were you making yeah. illustrations and you're trying to build that portfolio Absolutely. that he said you don't have? Yeah. yeah. I think during that time, I also like explored 3D and like modeling and oh, like incredible. that kind of thing. Um, Do you like, ever feel like studying anatomy has helped you with your illustration? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think so. But I also, I remember doing like a really short little course once and there was this woman that like spoke about like her like how she drew characters for storybooks and even within like half an hour of showing us like how to plot out a body how many heads fit in like a full figure like that that was a huge game changer but yeah so then I moved to Cape Town started working at my collective which is like a little it was like an indie kind of illustration agency um, Always the best work came out of them. They were doing some really, really, really cool shit. Really good stuff. Um, I met the most incredible people there, made like lifelong friends. And the funny thing is, like even when I was um, at MI Collective, I wasn't part, I wasn't, I like, I didn't step into the role of an illustrator. I ended up stepping into the role of a producer. What? But Did you I get think, hired, sorry, as a producer or? No. So that kind of organically fell into place. It was never like the initial plan. And I think when I stepped into the studio, I think maybe it, I was there at a time when they needed someone to do that for them. Yeah. Um, but hadn't realized that that was what they needed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I think like after I'd been there for about three years, I was like, okay, it's time now. And I'd been like side hustling and like working on my own personal projects and trying to like develop a creative style. And I think that put me in really good stead when I started freelancing because I knew how to deal with producers at agencies. I knew how to flesh out briefs. I knew how to cast things out. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is like a really good lesson yeah it's like really good skills to have exactly um and I think it was like a really good decision for me to like step into the role of freelancer in Cape Town because like that kind of forced me to like put myself out there as a designer illustrator Saatchi was the first and then um I ended up getting briefed by Ogilvy and Johannesburg to do this like incredible job for KFC which was like also ooh, which was also like really really exciting a lot of character work and the creative director at the time gave me like like I don't know complete creative freedom in like coming up with this magical world with all these characters and oh, wow. um she was incredible um even though the project never saw the light of day but it was still like classic we know that feeling (laughs) yeah and then what happened after that yes okay now I remember epic heartbreak which was a pivotal point in my life another as it is (laughs) yep um and I think at the time I had some friends come over that December and they were like, oh no, why don't you, because they, they were in London at the time and they were like, why don't you come over for like a few months to kind of reset and like get out of Cape Town for a bit. So I sold all my stuff, sold my car. As you do, as bought that plane ticket. <laughs> bought a ticket, packed my bag and a backpack and like headed off to good old London town and kind of couch surf for like a good 
six months. During that time, I was kind of like freelancing for people in South Africa and I was like picking up odd jobs here and pitching for work. Um, but then I decided to kind of step into a full time role again because I felt like it was I needed that kind of routine and also just kind of meet people in London again, which was really friends. helpful. <laughs> need friends. <laughs> Definitely. No, you need the networking, you need the connections. You, you really need, do. You do. Totally agree. It's a lonely city if you don't yeah. have that. Yeah. Especially as a newcomer. Definitely. Like, you exactly. need to create your base and the base that's yours, not just like the old, the friends you already have, but something new yeah. and exciting. So I ended up, I started working at a nonprofit, which is a sector that I have never kind of stepped into and I wasn't that familiar with. Um, and they were absolutely incredible in creating this this like space for me to kind of like grow and also have the freedom to go back home when I needed to because it's a global organization. They have offices in Johannesburg, which made it like really convenient to kind of go back for work and like work remotely. Brilliant. Which was, yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, and then I think like a year into that, I got that itch where I was like, okay, it's time. <laughs> it's time to do my own thing. Um, and I'd had this business idea of like building out a range of stationery for such a long time. I think it had been like in the back of my mind for like two years. Incredible. And I was like, now's the time. So yeah. And then I started freelancing, I think about two years ago now in London. Um, yeah. And that's so freelancing and having this business. So you eventually develop the business yeah. and put that out there. And a bit about that business quickly. So it's taking your illustration into stationery. Exactly. So it actually started off as like, I remember being at Saatchi and waiting for some client feedback to come through. And I started doodling like a little face of this woman. And um, I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to do like customized stationery and wrapping paper and greeting cards and like all the rest of it. Um, and I just never got around to doing it. And now it's become, yeah, now it's become like a fully fledged, like small indie business that I'm trying to grow out and like putting it out there. And yeah. Amazing. And, and you're doing beautiful. such a good job of it as well. <laughs> yeah. We are huge Arnold. advocates of it. <laughs> Harriet and I, we were just laughing because Harriet and I just continuously give Arnell's uh, greeting cards to each other for our birthdays. There's in oh. Christmas, it's just yeah. Arnell's cards. <laughs> and my family get your Christmas wrapping paper. <laughs> so you've gone freelance, you made that decision back in Cape Town. It wasn't sort of like a new thing for you to jump into when you got here, but you just wanted that stability first. Mm -hmm. When you left that full-time job, did, was that when you, why did you suddenly feel like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to dive back in? Ready to make that leap. I needed that freedom to be able to go back home when I wanted to go back home. Yep. I think it was a tough year kind of settling into London. I was really homesick and um, I needed like, I needed that freedom just to like get away when I needed to get away, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, totally. And also I feel like I'd had that idea for such a long time that I was like, the only way I'm ever going to actually have the time to do this is if I step into a freelance role where I'm not spending, you know, every single day. And we all know how encompassing full-time jobs. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and hats off to the people that like are doing that. Like I have loads of respect, but I think when you have an idea and you need to grow that out, like you, you do need to just put some time aside and invest in yourself. 
that Absolutely. makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. And that's massively brave. Yeah. You. <sighs> so kudos <laughs> to the bravery girl. It is. No, honestly. Um, so you spoke earlier about working really hard to find your style and to mm. find your sort of, yeah, your, I guess your illustration voice. So mm-hmm. how, how did you go about doing that? I think, uh, yeah, I always read so much about like figuring out your style for yourself but then you know we all get like sidetracked by going onto instagram and to our favorite illustrators pages and looking at yeah. that and then just getting into this wormhole of being like i can't do that and then you yeah. know what's copying what's not and so how did you work it out for yourself yeah. that's a very very good question i think when i was still working at my collective um i look back at some of the work i did during that time and it's kind of the subject matter might still be like quite similar, but like the way in which I draw things has maybe like evolved, I'd like to think. Yeah. Because um, I think like the more time you kind of spend on it, you start kind of naturally developing a style that's like unique to you. Um, I always kind of joke around with people because I feel like when you draw people, like no matter what you try and do, I feel like they end up looking a little bit like yourself oh yeah interesting like i've noticed that with other illustrators i'm like oh i can totally see that's so and so you know yeah, what i mean yeah. oh my um oh, no, i'm not i'm gonna no, look at all no, these yeah people. absolutely i'm gonna <laughs> keep an eye out um but yeah i think at all i think like for me i'm a big advocate for like carrying around a journal and doing stuff by hand and like um you know like conceptualizing with sketches as opposed to diving straight into doing stuff digitally um I think my heritage like influences my work a lot um I love drawing people I love drawing women I really like to like portray diversity in my work as well um and yeah I think lately because of the work that I've been doing with this nonprofit, there's like a a really strong streak of like empowered women as well which is very close to my heart but and i guess know. would you say there were any challenges you faced taking this leap of faith i guess into this business you were creating and deciding to then go it full time i think full-time freelance i would say yeah yeah um i think freelance is always like a giant leap of faith isn't it i think the biggest thing that a lot of freelancers obviously struggle with is cash flow yeah um, absolutely just like managing that and making that like ensuring that you're able to pay your rent at the end of the month because London big worry um I think one of the other challenges I've really had to come to terms with is like how one can start feeling quite lonely and like isolated as a freelancer so I think for me I had to kind of find that balance by work like still working within teams and um, collaborating with other people and like joining various communities because I feel like we need to be lifting each other up a lot more and sometimes you just need someone to have a look at something for you and be like oh no you just need to move that like to the top of the page and you'll be like oh my gosh you've just like solved a problem you need fresh eyes you really do so would you say then you you have quite a nice support supportive network of, of people that you kind of feel that you can rely on especially like in these moments that you you have these doubts in, as a freelancer I think it's taken it's taken a little while to build that out moving to a new continent and a new city and not really knowing anybody um it's taken a little while to like find my feet but I feel like 
I have this incredible support system of lovely friends, like my family back home has been super supportive. I recently joined a collective, which has been like super amazing, a bunch of entrepreneurial creative women that are like rallying oh, each other and like... What's the collective called? It's called, it's called In The Collective. So it's oh, cool. started by Hannah Taylor. Um, and there's just like a whole bunch of incredibly talented women that are basically advocating for each other, which is really exciting. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And you and can you message each other or you just show each other work or do you use a once a week meetup? Well, we so there've been like a few meetups in um well, there's been like one recently in London, which sadly I missed this past weekend. Oh. Um but hopefully there'll be way more. Also there's like different workshops where, you know, women in business are giving you like feedback on like social media and like Incredible. how to build out your website, stuff like that that's super valuable yeah. for like young businesses. Yeah, and everyone's just been like really nice. So that's how do you become part of this community? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you can apply, and I think so. Applications are closed for 2019, 2020, but it's like basically for an entire year. And um, you guys, I feel like you definitely need to apply next year. <laughs> <laughs> but also, for it, any of our listeners, yeah, <laughs> is it only for illustrators or is it just like just generally freelance? creatives i feel like it is for um young old entrepreneurial women that are like starting out or like changing career paths or like basically going into business be that illustration design photography from all walks of life which is incredible yeah that sounds great yeah that's amazing yeah we love all these sorts of lady gatherings yeah, <laughs> sounds like women gathering underneath like the full moon taking their clothes off and <laughs> dancing around a fire but no like things like ladies wine design i think like i've gotten loads of work from from going to a portfolio review evening at ladies wine design so that's awesome yeah I, i'm just i'm loving all the all the female gatherings yeah for crea- like female creatives i think it's fantastic it's about time <laughs> so um how long did it take you to feel secure as a freelancer so i mean i know harriet and i talk all the time about having periods of doubt and like gaps in between jobs make you feel really nervous and things like that and i just would love to know if you feel secure or what do you, <laughs> not what, or when you not what do you do through those moments of yeah. utter doubt okay so in all honesty i feel like there's never any guarantee for security even if you are full-time or freelance I think I've managed to find a really good balance where I'm doing you know two or three days a week um, at an organization so that I have that stability of like oh my gosh I don't need to be like panicky or anxious about how I'm gonna pay for a sandwich and pay my rent but then also having that freedom to like um, build out my own ideas like the rest of the time, which is really kind of been a game changer this past year yeah. for me. So I don't know. I feel like sometimes you just need to like surrender to that uncertainty because I feel like that's one of the most difficult things I've always had to kind of learn or like it takes effort to kind of be like okay so there's I finished a job and I somehow feel guilty for not being constantly busy and off my feet you know I think socially we're taught that being busy equals productivity yeah Yeah. um and that's not necessarily the case I feel like we just need to teach ourselves to like embrace that quiet time so that you can you know you do have the time to like brainstorm a personal project or 
I don't know, just like reflect on like what you're doing, where you're going. Um, for me personally, I think it's like a really good time to kind of like take stock of my online store or, you know, try and build out a new range or... Um, so I think that's it's always like really tough. Mm. Um, it's having that balance between having a little bit of security with a retainer almost, if I can yeah. say. You've got yeah. like a client yeah. that's a retainer and you constantly have that business with them. But then balancing out having that time to spend on your own stuff. Because mm-hmm. ultimately as an illustrator, having your own little business, that's what you really want to do full time. Exactly, yeah. You know, eventually. Yeah, you want to build that out to a point where it becomes profitable and you're not necessarily having to do the constant hustle. <laughs> exactly. So I guess then with with the whole security in mind, what do you do in those moments of doubt? Do you have anything to like... Any tips? Tips to help you get through or other than meltdown. <laughs> I mean, crying is a good outlet. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, but it, it is. It is um, totally. I think for me, like exercise is a big one. Um, that helps me get out of my head. That's a, mm. It helps a lot. What else? I don't know. Like surrendering to that quiet time is like a big one. I know it's like easier said than done, but use that time to like go and see friends like maintain those relationships enjoy it yeah exactly like no one ever says that to you like this is the cool part about being freelance you work your ass off and then there's a deadline and you can take a little breather and like do your own thing again we need to be celebrating that a lot more like that freedom that comes with it this is why we're doing what we're doing um, so yeah. we're not going to an office 24 hours, exactly. seven days a week, 365 days a year, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're no. your own boss and working for yourself, which is, I mean, like a luxury, guys. It's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. It is. Oh, oh, no, no. Please <laughs> encourage it. <laughs> um, so when you first started out freelancing in London, how did you work out what to charge? Oh my gosh. That's um, a big question. How much do you charge? Guys, this is a tough one. I think at the time I, okay, I have this terrible tendency not to ask for help. It's really bad. So yeah. I'm making that conscious effort to do so. But I started reaching out to people. And I know that like um, talking about money is always like a bit of a stigma. Everyone doesn't want to yeah. really reveal like what they're charging, which I think is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, but di- like just like trolled the interwebs for like job postings and like working it out from there um you know juno was a good one i know they did like a cool article last year about like what men and women earn within the creative industry which was really interesting and then i think just reaching out to other friends that are like in the same boat as you and being like hey so what is it that you're charging and i think like as when you first start out we have a tendency to go in really low because you're just like oh my please give me work yeah yeah give um, me the work give me exactly. the work <laughs> um but you end up kind of throwing yourself under the bus because you know you, at the end of the day like you need to charge what you're worth and you need to survive and i think when i worked it out i was kind of going i was just kind of like winging it to be honest and i think like it's taken a little bit of time to like get my head around like what projects are worth especially in London when you're not familiar with you know how long I don't know like what lead times are here or like mm. what people are willing to Absolutely. pay so that one's a tricky one I yeah. feel like 
it's also dependent like if you're charging a day rate or if you're open to doing like a project fee um, yeah because i guess as an illustrator you're doing commissions sometimes in a yeah. sense and not sometimes necessarily yeah. and i think it's totally fine to like ask a client up front like what budgets are like what has been allocated like what do they feel comfortable with like can we meet in the middle somewhere how would you do that in a sense so if a client has a minimal budget and they want this like extravagant illustration do you go this is what your money can get you yeah I think I think there's always like room to kind of negotiate at the beginning and be like okay so within that budget how about you scale back on your brief and possibly have less deliverables because that ask just is not feasible for me Mm. like the amount of time I'd have to spend on that yeah just it's not worth it but I think there's that fine line where you're like oh my gosh this is an incredible client this is going to be a great portfolio piece further down the line for me like yeah where like what are you willing to do um I think that's a really personal call for most people but I think you kind of need to trust your gut a little bit because I feel like that won't lead you astray so Oh, money. Money. No, I know. Hell <laughs> of a thing. We're doing a whole episode on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you actually operate as a business? Are you a sole trader? Do you have your own company or? Yeah, so I registered a limited company um, and I'm basically, I'm just running everything through that. It's just been a lot simpler for me in terms of like what I'm offering and my product offering. So mm. that, that seemed like the, the best choice for me so when you have your online store and that comes through do you then just like put it all through it just goes straight through to the business account exactly and yeah. then your accountants yeah well, i yeah. guess that's probably the next question so do you have an accountant oh my gosh yes <laughs> <laughs> how did I you mean, find your accountant oh that's my word thing. so that was also another thing um I think when I I had no guys tax in general WTF exactly yeah. zero clue yeah. I feel like I was still figuring it out in South Africa and then I came to London and it's like a different story and um, I have no idea what I'm doing no I still don't entirely understand but definitely have an accountant I spoke to a few of my financy friends hmm, handy oh your yeah. finance friends are <laughs> handy get a finance friend oh yes they are great and they actually suggested using crunch okay so they're like an online accounting firm basically and I've just been like running everything through that so I can log expenses I can invoice directly from crunch and that's been that's been really handy actually because it basically gives you like an overall breakdown of like your profit and your loss and how much corporation tax you owe and it gives you reminders of like mm. when that tax needs to be paid um, yeah, that's so good it's one less thing for you to worry about as a creator. exactly I think that. If you can pay someone to do that for you, just do so because it just takes it off your plate. You already have like so much to do and so much to worry about that like the last thing you want to be doing is, I don't know. Crunching numbers. Yep. 
hundred percent. So do you pay for them monthly? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. do you have like access then to um, people to speak to on the phone? Because it's like sounds like it's all online. And yeah. Then yeah. If you exactly. So if you get stuck, you can obviously like email support, which has been super handy. That's happened a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they. I th- I would suggest like maybe finding something similar, or if you feel more comfortable like being face to face with someone, like. I mean, that's also an option. Um, yeah, I mean, there's freelance accountants, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, there's freelance exactly. accountants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we have we were both part of something very similar as well. So oh, cool. I think it also helps us so much. We're on Brookson, and they have the same online portal vibe, and it's just yes. one less thing to worry about yeah. every month. Yeah, and yeah. Th- it makes invoicing so so easy. Exactly. As well, which actually takes us into our next question, oh. which is, what do you do if an invoice is late? Okay, so a lot of the time when an invoice is late, I think our first step would be to send a little friendly email reminder just hey. to check in and be like, hey, what's going on? Sometimes I will check in with the creative director and see if there's any way that they can maybe, I don't know, speak to the person on their side. If you have access to the person, like the accounting person, someone in finance, that's even better if no one responds to you I think sometimes like a really good strategy is to phone them up directly because when you phone someone they can't necessarily be like oh no you're on the phone and they have to deal with you right then then there and then um but yeah so I think that's that's been like really handy I think the phone thing is like a big thing and I know that like not everyone likes Speaking on the phone. Yeah. Um, We're in that world of like texting and WhatsApp and all those things where you don't have to avoid phoning. Can you just send an emoji? Like that that money tongue (laughs) emoji. Or like that cross emoji. Where's my money? Like a little poo emoji. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think a lot of creatives don't necessarily like doing that, but it's been like very valuable in the past. So yeah. Mm. Okay. Give the call. And has there any where you've now had to take it to like higher ground or Um, have you been generally quite good people like pay and it's fine yeah I mean like I've waited I think the longest I've waited for an invoice to be paid is like over 60 days which is it's quite common with those bigger larger corporates yeah yeah and I think sometimes it's really good to establish that up front like to check when you're invoicing like what their payment terms are because Mm. we don't we're just like yay i'm invoicing i don't need to like check with them like how long it's going to take to get paid so just a flag up front to keep that in mind yeah whether it's 14 days 30 days or 60 days yeah yeah to know um yeah also i've had experiences where there are 60 day payment terms but if you chat really nicely to like the resource manager whatever they'll put in fast track payments for you yeah which is really really great Mm -hmm. so when you do illustration work and like commissions and things and you write up your own sort of contract do you write your own contracts up or do you have you got a lawyer that's made a contract for you (laughs) and like what are the payment terms how long do people have to pay you when you sort of give them the contract I don't actually have any contract terms I usually try and have like a clause within my invoice to be like okay so if this is being paid later than 10 days or whatever 14 days like there's going to be like a 10% charge like based on my daily rate but I mean if you if you can have that option to have like you know someone backing you or like a lawyer friend possibly I mean that's first prize but I'm 
like right now fingers crossed like it's been okay so yeah not too bad <laughs> yeah um i guess then with like payments and charging and all that kind of stuff when do you take holiday how do you work out <laughs> when to take holiday and i know we talk about this a lot as freelancers uh, but yeah when is it that you know to take that time off do you factor that into your pay and just take time out oh guys so i have to i have like i have to admit i've been absolutely rubbish at factoring in time off like it wasn't something that i thought about this year to be honest and um I went back home a few weeks ago I was in Cape Town for like two or three weeks and it was just after I'd been a top draw I did a big trade fair that happens like biannually every year in London and um I like touched down in Cape Town and I was like oh my gosh um I'm totally broken and it was a it was like a really good lesson for me at the time because I think sometimes you have a tendency to think if I'm not working for those days I'm losing out on that money which is something you should be factoring in like you say at the yeah. beginning of each year and I hadn't really thought about that and so burnout is a thing so <laughs> so word to the wise like even to myself I need to I think it's really really important that we factor that in because um it's just not healthy no and I guess also when you like first start out I know like you're just gunning 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 and suddenly yeah. like oh hold on stop working for yeah. like a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> exactly and everyone else has had their 20 days leave mm. you know? yeah Cool. So I guess we just now want to just talk about more about your work and where do you work? How do you go about working? Um, I guess so the first one is, so where do you work from as a freelancer if you're not going to be working at home in your pajamas? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for a long time I was doing that. Um, It's not productive at all. I was repacking all my kitchen cupboards on a daily basis my nails look great though there we go Um, so at the moment I am doing two days a week at a non-profit so like I'm in the office which is really nice because I get to I get to be with the team which is flippin cool that's so nice makes a big difference um and then recently I signed up to the wing which is like a co-working space for women which is phenomenal yeah that has been a game changer because they have networking events and they have a job board where people can kind of get in touch with you based on your skill set yeah and then the rest of the time I work from home but I feel like I think as a freelancer you kind of need to have that boundary in place where you're like okay this is my place of rest this is my bedroom yeah my workspace yeah um so I think having that distinction has been like really really important for me this past year so you say like on those other three days you would actually get up like a as if you were going to work but you would go to the wing yeah absolutely that's That's another thing I think routine and schedule super important because obviously I think as a freelancer you kind of you can like wake up at whatever time you want work till whatever time you want and then you're basically like I don't know working till 2 5 a.m every morning absolutely it's just not it's just not feasible long term yeah yeah so 
I mean, obviously you've just chatted now about how important it is to, to get out into the world and be in spaces like the wing. So what drove you to, to reach out like that? Is it, you, did you feel isolated sort of working at home and, and felt like you needed friends? I mean, have you ever rented studio space? Have you, what, what, what has your experience been there? So I think that is like one of the, the downfalls of being a freelancer is that you do feel lonely and you do want to collaborate and you do want feedback. And um, there was a time when I was working at a studio space in Dalston, which was great. Had some really lovely desk buddies. But I think for me, I really loved like working within a team. So the fact that I have like an office that I get to go to has been great. I think sometimes we also, well, I get caught in the spiral of like, comparison and being Mm. like oh my gosh that person is doing this cool stuff what am I doing oh my word this is not a good idea but I think sometimes you just need to like stop looking over the fence and like comparing yourself to other people and just kind of remind yourself that like your ideas have value and like you're authentic yeah where do you seek your inspiration from I definitely think like embracing my roots has been a big thing um especially when you're abroad and working in another country. Um, Like I said, I love drawing people, love drawing women. Um, I think more recently, like over the past couple of years, I have like reignited this love for pattern. Mm. Um, And like that's kind of like that's been something I've become so passionate about. And like, um, I don't know what it is. It's just really rewarding to kind of see it all come together and to like work out like when it just clicks into place at the end which yeah. I get really excited about I'm sure you guys can relate like yes. that moment where you're like yes I solved it yes a hundred percent but yeah I think it has a lot to do with like where you are who you're with you know like what's happening in the world yeah. um, like I think that has a lot to do with like what inspires you every day totally to create your voice to then say something according to what is happening in the world yeah and putting it out there and I guess with this Instagrams and everything that you want to like be sort of on the pulse because as a creative you want you're putting yourself out there but you're also putting your voice out there yeah in a creative way yeah exactly so that's good to keep up with the current affairs Mm -hmm. (laughs) what um what are your favorite tools and and mediums and like techniques to use and to work with Hmm. um huge advocate for having a journal and a pencil or like a pen or something I think drawing by hand is still the way to go because like even those like little those little doodles like you I have can't tell you how many countless weird like little people I have scanned in and scaled up and like worked over that have like grown into something else um you know those like weird pencil sketches at an airport for instance but also a a few months ago I was in New York and um I like and it's cheaper to buy Apple products yes so I treated myself to an iPad and Apple Pencil and like downloaded like Procreate which has been such a game changer yes just being mobile and like it's really instinctual to use and like that's been superb 
Um, Perb. Yeah. No, I won't. <laughs> Sometimes I go to the Apple the iStore and I just go and draw on the iPads for like half an hour. I know. It's so sad. I recently oh. bought myself one as well and I just got the latest one and also have Procreate. It's so nice. It's it so nice. It is amazing. Brittany's going to get one soon. <laughs> soon. Soon. Photoshop, huge, huge fan. I think that's been something I've been using for years and years and years and like scanning in textures and like creating brushes. And um, I think it's important to like, I mean, these tools that we have are so incredible, but I think there's like so much value in like still doing stuff by hand and like utilizing that in some way. Um, Sometimes I even keep like some of the scans that I've used in a drawing, like I keep that in the print like it might be like really oh nice like you can't necessarily see it but like I know it's there yeah that makes sense it like kind of adds a texture yeah, yeah. exactly yeah amazing mm. so what we always have this thing Brittany and I talk about it's like oh what sets your heart on fire you know always like what's that thing that just makes you jump for joy <laughs> I guess because it's like what is sets your heart on fire and then ultimately like what would be your dream your dream project oh it's a very good question, guys. Um, okay, so 2020, I have this idea of doing a lot more fabric and going into clothing. Ooh, so amazing. I have this idea for dresses and jumpsuits for 2020, oh, which is really exciting. So exciting. And not only that, like I, I want to do um, a range of swimwear as well, wow. which I think would be super cool and yes. probably get me out of the funk of being in winter right now in darkness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really excited about that. And I'm, I'm like, I'm going to put it out there just because I feel like it's something that I've never done before. And um, I mean, I could do with all the help I can get and just like figuring out like the logistics of making that a reality. But like that is something that makes gets me like really pumped up. I'm so excited. I'm like, I really want a bikini in your pattern. <laughs> yeah. And, and and you're thinking the same kind of like similar style designs that you yeah. you, you do in your current work. Yeah. <gasps> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, you heard it your first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess then from there it would probably then be like, so what has if that's going to probably be your 2020 proudest moment because will happen. <laughs> what has been your proudest moment so far as in your in your freelance career? Okay, well, something that's been amazing that's like um, happened this past month is so I think towards the end of the year, you kind of like start reflecting and you're like, oh, man, I went through like a bit of a a bit of a slump where I was like, oh, I don't know if I necessarily want to be doing this anymore. Is it worth it? Should I just go back to full time? I feel like all of us have these moments oh, where definitely. we're like, what? I know, it's is actually, the, is the, the hustle WCF? worth it? Yeah. It's actually quite yeah. nice to hear you say that because from our point of view, I mean, I'm like, you're killing it, girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, okay, you also oh go through gosh. those moments. Absolutely. I think I think we all do. And um, this past month, something really cool happened. I got a, a feature of some of my stationery in owl decoration. Wow. Which was like a massive win. And I think for like a small business owner when something like that happens you're like oh my gosh okay I just need to keep going and I think it happened at like the perfect time because I was really willing to like throw in the towel and be like I'm gonna do this 
Um, but yeah, that was like a massive win. Um, congrats. Yeah, massive congrats. Guys. That's huge. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, so that's been like a high. Um, yeah. So good. And on the other Thanks. side of that scale, what has been the biggest challenge so far being a freelancer? Uh, I think the biggest challenge for me. So I think the like once you start like putting yourself out there and you start really questioning your value and mm. your voice. And like I was saying before, like you kind of like looking over the fence and being like, should I be doing more of that? Is that going to be more profitable? They seem to be doing really well. What am I doing wrong? Is this mm. a good decision? And I think that's been like getting my like taking the effort to remind myself like actually there's some really cool stuff that's been shaking out. Mm. You've got this. Just keep at it. Like that's been a massive challenge. I think even just being um, surrounded by all these incredible makers at the London Illustration Fair this past weekend, I was like, oh my gosh, you start feeling, well, I felt like a bit of a, like an imposter in a way. I was like, what? (laughs) And I think sometimes we just need to talk about it a little bit more and like, you know, open ourselves up, be vulnerable, be like, hey, this is happening. I don't feel so good. but like let's lift each other up and keep going um, exactly. I think it's so important to have open conversations about that feeling I, we all feel it yeah and it's just about how good a poker face you have that no <laughs> one else guesses that you feel like that <laughs> yeah that imposter syndrome is a massive thing and maybe that's also inspired a, a, an episode for us to talk about yeah, because it definitely. is so true yeah what have you been most surprised about as a freelancer um so for me personally because I was saying earlier that like it's not always that easy to reach out and ask for help or Mm. I struggle with that but like when you do put yourself out there like people have just been like incredibly supportive and like they really honestly care and they help you and they answer questions and I think we should be doing more of that actually or I should definitely be doing that more but um uh, sometimes it's like surprising you kind of like build up the story in your head that like no one is gonna get back to you or like you know they're just gonna be like "Mm, I don't know um but people like I think that's been the most surprising thing it's like actually just ask for help it's not as complicated as you think it is just yeah put yourself out there that's such a good point actually that is so true totally I've I've, we've both had that for both of our like freelance careers and it is, a, it is an incredible thing that people want to help and I guess want to lift you up. Yeah. And well. just give their time, I, I mm. think, as well. You, yeah. I've approached people so often just thinking, oh, my God, what are the chances? And actually people are more than happy to just yeah. share their wisdom with you and, yeah. and share their time with you. That's so true. Yeah. So we like to always kind of wrap things up with, like, what is the one piece of advice that you would want to give people wanting to go freelance? Okay. So kind of stemming from our previous point, ask for help. Um, I would suggest like having some form of safety blanket when you first start out. Oh yes. Preach. (laughs) Yep. Have a few, like have some savings because you never know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. And then I think it's really important to like build out that community of support to 
join a collective, to have a working space, to collaborate with people, reach out to people and be like, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing. Um, can we do something together? Or I don't know, just like support each other on social, for instance, yeah. like that goes a long way. I think building out that support system is pivotal and I think it will kind of like carry you through those like those dark moments where you're thinking of just like giving up yeah. and I don't know like going back to being full-time possibly um not that that's necessarily a bad thing but that I think someone I wish someone had like kind of told me that like going in to build that out and like really spend some time because it does take time um but yeah totally no, so good and where can we find you? Where can people find you? What is your Instagram? <laughs> what is your website? Give us all your deets. <laughs> uh, well, you can find me on Instagram at Arnel Verka. And um, you can go and check out my online store at www.arnelverka.com. You win some, you dim some, you win some, you some. Did you win some or did you dim some? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so should we start? We'll start, okay. We'll start. For okay. Brittany, what's been your winsome and dim sum this so, week? So, <laughs> I'll start with my dim sum. <laughs> yeah. um, so, my dim sum at the moment is that I've let my um, receipts for my expenses get out of control. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sitting on like, I don't know, if, maybe it isn't out of control. Maybe it's just out of control for me. So, mm-hmm. I've got about 70 receipts that I need to go through and log. and But it's just such a mission. you got to take a picture. And I'm just not like an <sighs> admin person. I know. Oh, anyway, Reach. that's my yeah, that's my dim sum. Um, but my win sum is Harriet and I've been working as a creative team, and yeah. we yeah, we worked on a really really fun sort of proactive um, blue sky brief last week that we came up with heaps <gasps> nice. of ideas for, and I'm actually super proud of the ideas we came up with. Yeah, that's amazing. I know one symbiotic creative genius mind. <laughs> That's what we try sell ourselves as. Triple threats. I love Double that. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess my win sum and dim sum, Brittany stole my win sum, um, uh-huh. but would be the same. It was a really, really great brief to work on and we it was proactive, so we worked on it on our own time, but we wanted to, we kind of even got Brittany's partner involved brainstorming some nights, so it was quite <gasps> nice. fun. Yeah. That's very cool. And then I guess my dim sum is one really big problem I have is I don't know how to hide my emotions. I thought that your dim sum would be different this week. I thought it would be losing the whole hard drive. <gasps> oh <no>! <laughs> <laughs> Say what now? That gave me goosebumps. Oh my god! I forgot about that. <laughs> I basically had this gigantic. I had this gigantic hard drive given to me oh. on a job. Yeah. Um, it plugs. <laughs> this is how big it is. It plugs no, into dating. a wall. It even has an on-off button. Oh my gosh. And I left it on my desk on Friday night when, once I'd finished. I left it on my desk every day that I worked on this job. And I left it on my desk on Friday. And I came back on Monday and the account, uh, project manager came to me and said, oh, I need that hard drive back. And I went, it's right there. I was like, it was there. It What? It's not there? Oh, fuck. Where is it? It's gone. And we have searched like the whole what? office. It's we gone? Because have been searched. Searched. We've uh, no. company-wide email. <gasps> Uh, it is gone. It is It is a particular brand's work, entire work portfolio from 2002. This is like an epic dim sum, my friend. It's an epic dim sum. 
I can cut out the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save it for another day. Yeah, so that's my victim. So I feel really bad, but she they keep telling me like it's not my fault, but it it kind of is. Well, I don't know. And I did this is again go back to listening to your inner voice when someone says to you when your inner voice is going like do something and my inner voice said to me that Friday like go give it back to the project manager, but I was in such a fluster of like working trying yeah. to finish another job and trying to leave on time because I had a date. Um, oh, that I just yeah. left. We'll to win something. <laughs> <laughs> that I just left this hard drive. Oh, anyway, man. may it come back sometime. Maybe it will reappear at some point. I really hope so. Maybe it's gone on an adventure. Just needed a break. <laughs> I'm sure it did, man. That thing. Hard drive holiday. <laughs> hard drive holiday. <laughs> I've sent it on a hard drive holiday. Oh, it needed. Word. Anyway, okay. so over to you, Anna. Or win some. <laughs> I mean, can my dim sum top that one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with dim sum. My dim sum has been um, similar to yours because I have gotten behind on invoicing, Ooh. which has meant that like my entire kind of payment system is there's like a backlog, which meant that scurrying for rental this month was a bit of a headache. And it's like almost Christmas, girl. I know. <laughs> so it's the worst. Admin's terrible. Oh, I know. It's like that was not a very adult move. Um, but it happens, guys, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Um, and then uh, Winsome. So it's been like a really great weekend. I was at the London Illustration Fair and I was like surrounded by incredible makers and like small businesses and it was just such a great atmosphere it's always like such a good jam and like people are just wonderful and you're getting to interact with like the people that are buying your stuff which is super rewarding Amazing. um so that was a super dim sum and then like winsome winsome win <laughs> <laughs> i can get confusing <laughs> um and then um I am also I've also been invited to fly over to Hong Kong next week what? to be a guest speaker at an exhibition that I'm taking part in. Um that is gonna, incredible. It's gonna be a panel discussion about Amazing. what I do in London, which is flipping Just surreal. But <laughs> it's very exciting. I feel like we're getting in before you so famous we won't even be able to get hold no, of you stop it. i know just no, wait next no. stop solve conversations with oprah yeah. <laughs> are so you that. gonna car no, yeah. <laughs> under your seat listener look under your seat oh, <laughs> anyway okay. thank you thank you so, so much. much oh you guys it's been such a pleasure and such an honor to be the first person that oh. is like speaking to you guys i'm very excited for no. what's to come thank you it's been a pleasure Thanks so much, guys, for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. Follow us on Instagram at That Freelance Life Podcast and drop us a DM if you've got any topics you'd like us to discuss or you've got any questions. And if you'd like to hire us as a creative team, drop us a line, thatfreelancelifepodcast at gmail.com.